0: You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit KeithMitnick.com. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about what I call winning before beginning by creating the language of your case. And it's near and dear to my heart because a lot of folks I talk to are younger lawyers. This applies to the seasoned vets too, but younger lawyers feel such performance anxiety. How am I going to remember all the rules of evidence and the objections and get up and do all these things and do them well and not embarrass myself and all of that? And it can be overwhelming. I've talked in other podcasts about it isn't about being pretty. It's about your integrity and being ready and prepared and having the right framework going into it. And you'll be fine in court. They're not going to alter the outcome because you weren't polished in everything you do. You want to be polished. That'll come in time. Give yourself the peace of mind. You can stutter and stammer, look nervous, don't look like you've done it forever, and still get full justice for your client because it starts outside of the hot, pressure and spotlight of the courtroom. That's why I like talking about winning before beginning. And a big part of winning before the trial when you aren't under that pressure of the courtroom is what you do out of the courtroom in designing your case. And a lot of designing your case in a way that makes it impenetrable and unassailable and gives the best chance to win is picking powerful, perfect words, doing what I call resurrecting recognizable phrases, which is just my fancy way of saying old adages, and crafting winning questions. And the idea of the whole thing was captured so well in a very fine movie called The Darkest Hour, which was about Winston Churchill securing the votes from parliament to go to war with Nazi Germany rather than enter into some kind of a compromise, which really was a fancy way of surrender. And a big proponent of the, quote, Peace talks, which was really surrender, was a guy named Phi Count Halifax. And after Churchill made this stirring plea to Parliament and the vote passed, they were going to stand up to Nazi Germany. There was a line that when I heard it, I paused the movie, I was watching home and grabbed a pen and wrote it down because I thought that's the whole point of creating the language of your case captured in a historical relevance. Because Halifax said to a colleague of his, and they were grumbling that Churchill had pulled it off, and he said, what happened? And Halifax said... He just mobilized the English language and sent it into battle. And that's what we want to do here. So let's talk about this process of what I call creating flashlight words and phrases. I like flashlight because it illuminates and shows the way. And you want to distill the basic concepts of your case down. Grab a thesaurus, chase the words. You'll find under the thesaurus, it won't just be another word means the same thing. They will give you similar words mean something different, and you chase that down. And next thing you'll realize, you know what, I started off the base just a little bit, a little off mark. This is perfect. So I'll give you one quick tip. There's something called WordFlex, It it only works on your iPad. Great app because I've got like 10 thesauruses. But this thing spirals out almost like a virus, and the words go in the root words. It'll take you elsewhere. I highly recommend it if you've got an iPad. But anyhow, you end up trying to find the very best words. But in the process of doing that, and I have for years talked about this concept, and I have for years gone down through a list of showing you the difference between a word that seems right, but it's really wrong, and the much better word, the perfect word that comes out of this attention to the detail of words, picking the most powerful, perfect words you can. Now, that doesn't mean everything comes out of your mouth. My gosh, you would be frozen. I'm talking about the case framing type words that you're going to build this craft to try and get across the rough waters of trial without, on the other side, sink it and take pot shots at it. And I had a revelation last year that I'm excited about because I realized rather than me standing up and saying, let me give you some examples of picking the right words, then you got just a finite list. I've figured out why some words can work and not and a system that will allow you to figure it out in any situation. So that list is really kind of meaningless other than, I want to give you some examples to make the point, and then simply take this revelation and create your own best word. And this is the revelation. I was watching some show on Netflix, and they showed a rocky coast, you know, the Dover Shore. And I said to my wife, that's not a beach. And she said, you're right. That's not a beach. That's a coast. And I thought, there's a perfect example of of words. And it got me thinking, and it led to this. I realize, I call them activator words. There are words that will reliably trigger a certain reaction. Not in everyone but there's a good probability it's gonna evoke memories and an emotional momentum that you can predict with relative reliability. And I call those activator words. Then there are words that I call inert words that came out of this process. And why are they inert? Because they are too ambiguous to predict what that emotional impact in those memories in an individual will bring forth. And if you use that model, it makes all the difference in the world. Because if you say beach, that's an activator. Most people are going to think about umbrellas and sand. They may even smell cocoa butter. But if you say coast, some people may think that. Heck, there are two coasts in Florida. But they also may be thinking about that rocky coast in California or Maine, or on the coast of England. So you have an inert word. You don't know how people are going to react because it's ambiguous and you can't predict the emotional momentum that'll flow out of it. Where you have another word, beach, that has an activator word you can count on. Not a hundred percent, but high enough probability to really be able to use that. So we want, to pick on our key words, activator words, and we want to, at the same time, be careful that we're not activating the wrong thing. And we don't want to waste our case framing words on inert words. And if you just keep that little idea by saying, is that a reliable, I can predict what people are going to get out of that or not, and then ask, what are they going to get if it's inert, good or bad? Now, with that background, I want to go back to a list I've done many times, but I now do it with a refreshed excitement because I now know why one worked and one didn't. And I want to give you a few of those examples to make the, drive this point home that I think is so important to our craft. We don't say accident. Why? Because that is an activator word from childhood. Accidents happen. I can hear my dad, my brother and I running through the house and, and broke a lamp. My dad ready to kill us and my mom going, Nick, honey. It was just an accident. Accidents happen. We don't punish for accidents. And that's the way a jury will react. So what's a word? Crash. Why? Crashes make you cringe. That's an activator word, and I know the emotional impact. Lots of people have been in crashes, and they cringe to think about that metal crunching and how time slowed down. Here's another one. Rear end. You know what's wrong with rear end? It's inert, it's ambiguous, and it's potentially dangerous. Because people can think rear-ended, that could just be a tap. The next thing they're picturing somebody jumping out of the car, holding their neck, trying to have a lawsuit because they were rear-ended. Just switch it. Rammed from behind. Now, that's an activator, and I know the activation. Rammed from behind sounds like, ouch, that hurts. Whiplash. Whiplash is an activator word of a frivolous lawsuit. Simply switch it, the head snap back suddenly and unexpectedly. Now, there's no... Horsing around with that one, there's nothing ambiguous. That is an injury. Low impact. You say low impact. Well, my client, this was low impact, but low impact and but's bad. You just activated. Sound like they're making a mountain out of a molehill. But simply change that to not a lot of visible property damage. And guess what? Lots of people have been in a situation where their car never came back right, even though it looked fine. More there than meets the eye. And there's nothing negative about it. You say degenerative disc disease. People go, oh, my God, that's a horrible disease. That's an activator in the negative way. Simply switch it to normal aging. Anyone over 30 or 40 has it. Now you're clear. You're activating, and you're activating in the direction that you want. Fixation. People say my client had an internal fixation device. Well, it sounds like it's fixed. Think what you're activating. Say metals and plates and screws. That activates something unnatural, doesn't belong inside of a body. Trucker. Trucker's too ambiguous, it's too inert. Some people may be thinking about that when they were kids, that nice man when I'd went pulled down with my hand and elbow and he go uh uh-uh, uh for me. And they're hard working making sure we got milk and eggs. You just don't know. How about this, though? I'm going to give you one that we know what I just activated. Roadhog. My way or the highway bully. Here's another one. Following too close. That's a dangerous activator because most people go home in a highway in traffic. We're following too close every day to and from work. So what do we activate instead? Tailgate. How, this one's even better. He was riding my client's bumper. You know what that activates? Their blood's boiling. They're sitting there getting pissed off when they hear it because everybody's had that big truck riding up on them. Same thing with why I like compensation, which may activate payday. Taken, nobody likes to have their stuff taken. So I can go on and on with these, but the bottom line is, please think about your words in that context of activator word versus inert and then think what emotion Am I evoking and activating? And is it the right one or the wrong one? The next step in this creating the language of your case after you've picked the most powerful, perfect words and applied this system that will give you great guidance in picking them, is to use what I call those recognizable, resurrecting, recognizable phrases. That is nothing but old adages. Why? They come with familiarity. They come with history and trustworthiness. They're atomic and packed with information. Actions speak louder than words. Everybody knows what it means. The truth matters. Truth and consequences. You'd rather be safe than sorry, not cutting safety corners. A picture's worth a thousand words. You can't judge a book by its cover. All of those, we know what they mean. Think about them. Use them as a pretrial strategy. And by the way, you can create your own catchy phrases. MRIs don't lie. Pilot light paint. This isn't wheelchair or cane paint. They have a ring to them, and they stick. You create your own old adages. And then lastly is... Asking winning questions. And that's things like this. Come up with a question, the outcome of which you can predict with high probability the answer is going to be the one you want, and use it to frame your case. You can tell the jury in opening here's a question that will help guide you keep the evidence in focus as you go. Ask yourself was it all just a big coincidence that my client's pain wasn't there before, started with a crash, never went away? Ask yourself what makes more sense spontaneously? Just aging process, raised his head at the moment of impact, not the day before, and then never went away. What makes more sense? ask yourself, who's the more reliable guide to the truth? The treating doctors or this doctor the defense hired and paid a bunch of money they hire all the time? So you get the gist of this idea of A, picking flashlight words after working the process, combing through potential old adages that fit, and then ultimately coming up with winning questions. If you do that, you will have created the language of your case. And all of that happens when there's no pressure. You're not in front of the jury. You can do it like an old pro, even if you're younger. And now you will have done what I call winning before beginning. Thank you. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.